position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors, madames and messieurs. Welcome to episode number 263 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. We recorded for you on this, oh man, it is beautiful, Saturday, the 9th of November, uh, 2019, at 14.02 hours. That make it 2.02 p.m. Pacific Coast time. Left coast, coast with the most... Crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth. He is drooling maniacally. I, yeah, he saw that line in the rundown, didn't he? You saw that line, didn't you, Ivor? Well, he's holding up the whiskey sign, so we must obey. But Ivor, you're fired. No more fucking playing with yourself at work. Mm, it's weird. And it is no. I mean, I, I I'm not gay, but it's just. Put, put, put it away. Okay, whiskey. Yes. Mm. Holy shit! Do we have an episode for you this week? It is. Mm, been like the one of the great delights of my life 
to occasionally, on this show, come at you and Ivor's genitalia, minuscule though it may be, aside, to come at you full-barreled with something that is fan-fucking-tastic. In this instance, in this case, it is it comes in a surprising form. A form that not even I expected. See, okay, so for this week, this is our top stories right now. We're in our top stories. We're in the top story section of the rundown. We're in the king's row. No, um... We had a full fucking episode for you this week. As of last night, we had a full fucking, I mean, a huge episode. Lots of cool shit. We were going to talk about ZorkOnline.net. We were talking about No Man's Sky and the updates and the improvements that they've made performance-wise across the board, across all platforms, especially on Linux, at least for both myself and Blaster PRs, we've experienced it. We were going to talk about uh, Sorrento VR and why, in spite of everyone else loving it, why I absolutely hate that game and why I thought, why I think that it is um, emblematic of an older, more primitive age of virtual reality game design. Uh, and concepts of locomotion that make it fundamentally unenjoyable for me and we were also going to talk about all sorts of other shit all of that my friends has been wiped away oh we were also going to talk about Google Stadia oh shit sorry oh god damn it hang on I have to kill my phone I love how on the iPhone when you turn off the sound on the iPhone it somehow thinks that that means for everything except for what it wants to tell you whenever it wants to, anyway that's not part of our stories, we are wiping all this other, oh yeah, what was I going to say uh uh oh yeah, we were also going to talk about Google Stadia which by not quite this time next week but on the 19th it will be shipping and I'm very excited about Google Stadia and I have lots of things that I want to say about Google Stadia and reiterate to you about Google Stadia no, all of that is off the board and it's crazy that's all off the board don't worry, we're not going to prevaricate, we're not going to not prevaricate, we're not going to um, babble too much here at the top of the show because we have to get to the deals this week which are spectacular and you have today is November 9th at 2 o'clock in the afternoon Pacific Coast time you have 43 hours to avail yourself of these deals and what's surprising about this (coughs) is these deals is that these deals come from a publisher which I hate a publisher which has been traditionally aligned against Linux compatibility, Linux values, etc. In fact, due to the five-year anniversary episode of this this very self-same podcast which you're listening to now, um, only like three weeks ago, 
I had to go back and look at all of our earlier podcasts, just like I didn't listen to any of them. I don't ever listen to any of the podcasts. I really don't. It's only like when something either really bad happens or like there's some really good funny bits that Ivor contributes. And Ivor, you're fired. So um, that I ever go back and listen to anything. Um, or if I get lots of complaints on Twitter. By the way, hit me up on Twitter, direct message at VegasWriter, V-E-G-A-S-W-R-I-T-E-R, where all complaints go to die in my inbox. Uh, complaints, compliments, whatever, any issues, just you feel free to, it's the best way to get all of me. Craziest thing, though, is this week's entire show was overtaken, and before you turn me off, Listen, pay attention, because we're going to talk about these games in a very real way, and we're going to explain why they're... why you need to avail yourself of this. You have less than 43 hours left. All of these deals expire on November 11th. I cannot honestly remember a weekend sale, a developer weekend sale that was this good. I am... Okay, I have not thought about this, but I'm looking at the rundown on my on my iPad right here. I'm not even joking. I'm literally looking at it. I'm going to count up the hours hours of playtime and not just playtime but like actual fucking awesome enjoyment. And so like that's like kind of a nebulous thing cuz that's an arbitrary number, but I've played all of these games a lot and I know them very well. I'm going to assign an arbitrary, you know, not an arbitrary number. I'm going to assign an actual numerical value to the number of hours of enjoyment and playtime you will get out of these titles versus the entire cost. So it's going to be two aggregates. It's going to be total number of hours versus total number of dollars that you will have to spend to get all of these hours. Now, I'm not even kidding. I'm doing this right now on the fly. People think that, like, this show is, like, some sort of fucking music. People don't even... Some people... This is crazy. Some people don't even believe that Ivor is real. Even though his fucking rotting ass is sitting right there staring at him. He looks so sad. Don't you fucking look at me! Look. Well, let me get the... Fuck, where's the goddamn legal pad? I need some scratch paper, because I, I can't do this shit in my head. Obviously, I missed... The fucking ARPANET anniversary by fucking 10 years. Ah, 40 years of ARPANET! Yay! Oh, you know, it's 50 years. Oh, yeah. Dyscalculia is a terrible thing. Alright, so wait, wait, don't you fucking look at me, Ivo! You're fired! While I total these up, uh, just remember this, and this is the fundamental truth of this episode. By the way, deals of the bat is what I think I'm thinking of calling it. But just remember this while I total these up. I'm prepared to do you a favour. You see, we can't do this one or two ways. We can do it the nice way. Which I think you'll prefer. Because the other way is, is that my friend here takes you one by one, puts your head through the fucking window. Okay, so I literally just penciled these out. I'm not going to tell you the names of the games yet. You're going to have to stick around for that. We're going to get right into them, though. We're going to get balls deep into them immediately. But first... Here are the number of hours game by game. So 227 hours 
140 hours, 11 hours, and roughly somewhere between 80 and 120 hours. So we're going to call it 80 hours. Now, because I have this calculator, Alexa, what's 227 plus 140 plus 11 plus 80? 227 plus 140 plus 11 plus 80 is 458. All right, 458 hours total. Okay, now we're going to go the same list. I'm not going to tell you the names of the games. By the way, anytime you hear me having played over fucking 20 hours of any game is like, that's a good game. Anytime you hear me playing over 80 hours of a game, that's a really good game. Anytime you hear of me playing over 150 hours of a game, that means that game is like one of the best games of the last five years at least. Okay, so now we're going to go through the same list of numbers without the titles. They are respectively $5, $10, $9, so we'll say that's $10 because that makes it easier for me, and $5. So what that means is for 30 bucks, you can have 460 hours of unbelievable gameplay that you will fucking love. This is, consider this my gift to you, friends and neighbors. Okay, wait, so wait, that was 30 bucks. Okay, so that is, I don't know how we're going to quantify this, but I, I want to give it to you as like a, a dollar per hour kind of thing. It is under a this ridiculous. I just looked at the numbers. My head exploded out of my head. And I mean the one that's talking to you right now. It exploded out of my head. Not out of the one between my legs. This is awesome. And only two of these games we've been able to talk about before on this podcast. The Best Links Games podcast. Only two of them have we ever mm, only two have mentioned of them before. <laughs> so, normally we would drop in the deals bed music right now, but we're not going to do that because we're going to talk a lot about these games individually. First of all, it is the Warner Brothers Flash Weekend Sale or whatever the fuck they call it. What, what do they call it? Ivor? What do they call it? You're fucking fired. He's he's putting away his 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 problems and the rest of his life as he packs up his fucking career and hits a brick ship bird. It is the WB Games Publisher Weekend, which started on November 7th and lasts through November 11th. You have two days to avail yourself of these deals. These deals are as good in terms of like quality as we have had on this show this year. They are as good or better. They might even be as good or better than 
Mm, it's hard to say though, because we've done a lot of deal shows and etc. But we'll just we'll take a deep breath. Because I'm like, I'm freaking out. Like, I can't believe I'm even talking to you right now instead of playing the games that I just got. Because, like, two of them are big fucking deals. Like, they're history-making almost. Yeah, they're history-making in terms of this podcast. They scratch off. One of them alone would scratch off an entire fucking category from our fucking games list which we still don't have a sound effect for I can't believe that we don't have a sound effect for it yet because I mean we should and now that we're running out of items on that list by the way that list are all the games that I when I started this podcast I said would need either a franchise supported or work you know working um Linux version, a direct port of the game or a generic workalike, a playalike. So like instead of like uh, Animal Crossing, we have Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley crossed off the Animal Crossing listing on that on that list, which actually, you know what? It's fucked up. I shouldn't admit this, but that list is in a folder cuz I was <laughs> <laughs> six months ago I tried to clean my house <laughs> I mean the studio here in the Fortress of Darkness and I put that list in a folder and I don't know where the fuck that folder is <laughs> but this but, okay we'll just go in order we'll go in order of least no we won't bury the lead no we'll bury the lead we'll bury the lead first of all this is where I would normally say First off, and then the music would drop in, but we're going to talk about these games in some detail because I got nothing but 40 more minutes to talk to you about these games and then guess what? I'm live streaming them for the rest of the fucking weekend because they are good. First off, listen on. Listen on. This is the truth of it. Fighting leads to killing. And killing gets to warring. And that was damn near the death of us all. Look at us now. Busted up and everyone talking about hard rain. But we've learned by the dust of them all, Barter Town's learned. Now when men get to fighting, it happens here. And it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Right now, I've got two men. Two men with a gut full of fear. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. He's the ball cracker, death on foot. You know him, you love him. He's Blaster! Direct from out of the wasteland. He's bad, he's beautiful, he's crazy. It's 
It's a man with no name. So, yes, of course, that could only mean one man. That could only mean Mad Max. And it was so funny. I was I, I, I was at Jokimon's wedding, and Jesse asked me, you know, what games have you been playing? And I was like, well, have you played Mad Max? And he's like, oh, no, it looks so lame, you know, blah, blah. Mad Max, I've spent 227 hours in Mad Max. I have beaten Mad Max more times than any other game that I've played in the last five years. That is for damn sure. Um, Mad Max on one level is a touching exp- not touching, but a disturbingly dark existential meditation on the void inside of someone's soul when they have lost everything and then literally the world ends around them but they can't bring themselves to care or understand what has happened to the rest of the world. Now, how this translates into a video game is a magnificent feat of... It's a creative triumph. I will say that without pause or hesitation. But as you come to learn Mad Max in Mad Max, which takes place... You know, it's in an alternate universe of Mad Max. It's somewhere after Fury Road, or maybe before Fury Road. Probably right before Fury Road, actually. Um, It is a heartbreaking work of staggering genius. Beyond that, though, and this will be the theme, kind of, of this week's episode, it is a catastrophically glorious vision of unfucking fathomable hellish violence I, w- I won't bore you with too much more than that all you should really need to know is you know if you've been listening to this podcast at all is I've spent 227 fucking hours in this game I don't play bad games for longer than twenty hours is like the max, and that if you're if you're lucky, you get to twenty hours. Mad Max is one of my favorite games, but I will I'll just I won't bother to explain Chum Bucket or the innovations in terms of car combat or the fantastic. I'm when I say fantastic, I use the word fantastic a lot. I guess in comparison to Mad Max, most of the times that I've used it are somewhat hyperbolic. But I guess that's true of everyone because the word is fantastic. Beyond belief. Beyond conception are the explosions in Mad Max. And they achieve this with lots of technical trickery but one of my favorite things to do in Mad Max and one of the reasons why I kept beating it over and over again other than trying to speedrun it in under 8 hours which I did not ever succeed in but I came 
Mm, I came really close. Like 14 hours, I think, is my record. Maybe 12. But anyway, uh, they achieve it with some technical chicanery that is flawless. But I have spent probably out of those 227 hours in Mad Max, I've spent literally at least 30 of them in the uh, photography mode capturing explosions and also capturing the brutal not just brutal is not the right word um horrifying yeah brutal and horrifying I, I, words fail me to express what you're able to do to people in Mad Max and what you have to do to people in Mad Max um but I will leave you with this anecdote about Mad Max and then we can continue with further brutality my favorite thing in Mad Max that fifth best links games the column which is still up on our website describes the process of creating what I call people spray also known as people works now People spray or people works. People works is is just as good. Is the process of exploding a human being into air, not just gibbs, but aerosolized clouds of blood and body parts. And the way you accomplish this in Mad Max is you use a thing called a fire stick, which is like. Uh, the equivalent of a uh, bottle rocket, but instead of being a bottle rocket or like an M80, you know, whatever, it's a fucking stick of dynamite. And what you do is you stick this right in the fucking asshole who's coming at you. You stick it right in them. And then you run away. And then you count to zero, which starts at zero, not on two, you count at zero, starts on zero, ends at zero, and then you go into camera mode, and the person isn't there anymore. It's like, it's almost like that great scene in the Dark Knight where Joker asks, Joker asks the the mob bosses, God damn it. Hang on, I have to kill this thing. Sorry about that. If you could hear that. Uh, where is it? Where the Joker is talking to the mob bosses and he's coming at them with his first pitch. <laughs> I want I I want to kill the bat. Oh, I want half. You know, let me show you a magic trick. And he takes a pencil and he fucking stabs it into the fucking wood on the desk. And he grabs the nearest guy. He slams his forehead into the fucking pencil. And he, oh, it's gone. That's what happens when you make people spray. The same thing, people works. People spray, people works. Although, even better is when you make that person and all of his friends. Oh, oh, the people works. It's like the 4th of July, but made out of fucking blood and nightmares. Or to quote one of my favorite games of all time, Fallout 2, the greatest game ever made. Blood and darkness! Mad Max is one of the finest video games I've ever played. And on top of all of those fun things 
especially the vehicle explosions, which are oh, they hold up very well. They are incredible. The greatest genius and the thing I almost had a I almost got to interview um one of the developers specifically tasked with my favorite probably my favorite thing about the entire game which are the skyboxes cuz I've never seen skyboxes like the open world in, in which Mad Max places you um it drives into your core the total sense of being alone in the universe alone in a senseless universe alone and dying in a senseless universe that is hostile directly towards you and towards which you are by default directly hostile it is a magnificent opus of absolute fucking insane carnage senseless vengeance mindless cruelty and abject heartbreak in fact when I reviewed Mad Max on this podcast many years ago when the Feral Interactive port came out I could not get through that review without crying thinking about Mad Max as I described it to you Mad Max now through November 11th (laughs) is 75% off at $4.00 and 99 cents. Alexa, what's 230 divided by 5? 230 divided by 5 is 46. That is 46 cents per hour of playtime. That's Mad Max. Now, for the news breaking portion of... Oh wait, no, before we get to there... You'll have to listen. You'll have to stick around because those two games are... Whoa! Up next, I can't believe that WB, a publisher and developer that I hate because they've been so hostile to Linux. One of the first episodes that we ever did was on their big fail when they said they were going to launch cross-platform for Linux, Windows, Mac, and all the consoles all at the same time of uh, Christ, Arkham City? No, it wasn't Arkham City because that, oh, well, that's a different story. It wasn't that game, it was the game after Arkham City. And it was a colossal fail. In fact, it was one of the few times that we've ever fucking put together a graphic element for that episode that actually required legit editing because it was like a picture of Batman with the word fail <laughs> all over it. And they never fixed that game. At least not to my knowledge. I thought we were supposed to research that, but whatever. So it's amazing that all these games are now... So many of them actually have been folded into the WB's fucking multinational megacorp telco media conglomco fucking umbrella over the last couple of years, but it doesn't matter, they're all still on sale. $5 for Mad Max, by the way, is a stunning deal. Next game 
is Mortal Kombat XL. Mortal Kombat 11, for those of you who listen to the podcast, you know this already, but Mortal Kombat 11 is borked. It does not work. Pro- not only does ProtonDB say it's borked, I've tried it, it's borked, I, I returned it. It's one of the few games I've returned. Mortal Kombat XL, though, which stands for Mortal Kombat 10, like, Deluxe Edition, in the Steam store, it's under Mortal Kombat X, but you want Mortal Kombat XL doesn't matter, they're both the same game, but one has all of the DLCs and everything. Not only does Mortal Kombat XL run flawlessly on Linux, and it not only is it a great game, oh man, it's so great to go back to a simpler time in terms of fighting games. Everything that you may or may not remember about Mortal Kombat that made Mortal Kombat so great, so simple, so fucked up, so funny and so technical in its own specific weird way, because it's almost like a card game, which is kind of like the way all fighting games are, because it's, you know, you versus an opponent, and so whoever, you know, uh, has the person who can act first has the advantage. If they don't act first, they pass the advantage to the other player, Um, and then there's the little dance of back and forth of passing the advantage and then seeing who can do what with the most of their advantage. You know, juggle combos, insane moves, etc, etc, etc. Before they have to pass the advantage back. Either that juggle or that combo gets stopped, blocked, or avoided, or otherwise just peters out um, through lack of, you know, ability to press the buttons fast enough to continue the combo or the sequence or juggle or whatever. Um... And then the advantage passes to the other player. And nowhere is this made more simple and plain than in Mortal Kombat X, Mortal Kombat 10, Mortal Kombat XL. Not only does Mortal Kombat XL include all of the fucking wacky characters that they added, like you can play as Leatherface from fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre, replete with chainsaw. You can play as the alien from Alien as in, like, Sigourney Weaver alien, running around in her underwear alien, like, as in the bitch, you get to play as the bitch versus Sub-Zero versus Kano, versus all your classic favorites. There are a couple that are absent, actually, characters that I liked, but in the long and checkered history of Mortal Kombat games, because I stop, I, I lose track of which ones sucked and which ones were awesome and then I stopped playing them all together for a bunch of years I missed like three games I think Mortal Kombat 10 is majestic and one of the great things about Mortal Kombat 10 is that the story mode doesn't matter who your character is I mean it doesn't matter who your character is but the story mode it doesn't matter who your favorite character is the story mode is actually almost like a full motion video replete with dialogue and everything as you shift from character to character and jump through all of these nonsensical I mean it is an ins- it's an hour and a half long movie is what it is but none of it makes any fucking sense even though like it, it really pretends that it's making sense but it makes no fucking sense and it marches you through all the characters in the game, and you fight every, you know, uh, sometimes sometimes it's as long as, like, five minutes. Some of the CGI sequences are, like, five minutes long, and they merge 
seamlessly into the next match and then you're playing as the character who was the subject of that sequence and also these are interactive CGI's so they have all the qualities of Sega CD full motion video games or Dragon's Lair or etc you know you're prompted at you know blah I, they have no discernible outcome on the uh, eventual game but you do get to see like many different endings to all sorts of different situations if you fuck them up it doesn't matter it has no impact on the actual game then you're in the match and that is fun. It also has a great mode called tow- the Tower Mode, where you get to select, it's more like classic arcade mode, where you get to select a tower. Some of these change every day. There are several that are like stalwarts, so it's like eight matches between you and Blah uh, to beat the tower, which gives you confers upon you certain bonuses in terms of uh, I combat coins, I think is what they're called, I can't remember um, that you can use to buy upgrades and shit and swag like, you know, like concept art and uh, different outfits uh, in the graveyard which is a whole separate thing but best of all is that Mortal Kombat XL runs great online so you can play against anyone. And the ranking system is fantastic in the game. Um, and it runs great on Linux. Online functionality, last time I checked, works great on Linux. You know, there are better fighting games from a... But that... Mortal Kombat is its own fucking genre of fighting game at this point. And it's so old, like the actual franchise is so old that it carved out an entire new niche, 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 whatever the fuck. Um, in terms, it defined a whole fucking genre of fighting games. I would say, for my money, if you know, like I had to pick the best fighting game available for Linux right now, I would say Soul Calibur Six or Tekken Seven. But if you're a veteran of fighting games, and especially if you are a child of uh, the Mortal Kombat era, like the original Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 1 and 2, and 3. 3 was where it started to get kind of ridiculous, though, with all the babalities and shit. You will fucking love this game. I thought I was going to hate it. Um, I bought I bought it at full price like forever ago. Uh, like, you know, months ago. We talked about it on this show. Right now, through the 11th, Mortal Kombat XL is 70% off at $8.99. That is a lot of gameplay. One of the... I, before we go on, maybe we'll go an hour and 20 minutes because we have the whole... The two biggest items on this list are coming up next. But I, I have to mention that... In Mortal Kombat XL, there is a character that fucking makes me want to vomit just thinking about her. And who I hate, I hate fighting against her, I hate seeing her. The insect lady, oh, Devora, the insect lady. I I like playing as her so long as I pretend that I'm not seeing what I'm doing or what she's doing. She is 
fucking nasty in the long and torrid history of fucking disgusting shit that has ever happened in Mortal Kombat like where you turn people into exploding spinal cords and skulls as they turn into a baby that also explodes into spinal columns and skulls and guts and gibbs which at the time was whoa whoa boy it was pretty graphic and really shocking and eventually became fucking hilarious uh, and like the true sign of ultimate mastery finish him um Kombat. in that long history of guys who could chop your head off turn you into babies that explode do all of this horrible graphic shit some of which was just so intentionally over the top that it, it was like bizarre their fixation Devora is the most disgusting thing I think that has ever happened in Mortal Kombat history and that's even before her fatalities by the way speaking of fatal- fatalities one of my favorite fatalities um, I can't remember the name of the character but he's the guy with a sword and he's blind he's a blind assassin kind of guy I think it's been like months since I played this game it is $9 right now 70% off. One of my favorite fatalities in fatalities in Mortal Kombat 10, Mortal Kombat X, Mortal Kombat XL. When you successfully execute it, it's a very easy one to do is this character. I can't remember, I can't believe I can't remember his name. Ivor was supposed to write it down for me, but he's too busy jerking off and Ivor, I'm activating the cyanide gas in your booth. That's it. You're fired permanently. But he's undead, so it'll probably only kill him for the rest of this episode sad really so you activate the fatality and these now happen in CG they look like what we used to call CGI but they're all in game and just the in game is so high def that it looks like the fucking highest quality computer graphic animation sequences that you've ever seen among them like literally among them not just in a, in a video game, but anywhere. So you do the it's like back it's like back forward forward something something. It's super easy to do as the guy with the sword. It zooms in as he begins spin. He he grabs the guy in like a force kind of choke death grip with one hand and with his other hand he begins spinning his sword faster and faster till it becomes like a helicopter blade as he pulls the opponent into the helicopter blades and it slices them into literal ribbons of human person parts it is impossible not to howl with maniacal laughter every time you do this every time you see it and that is one of the tamer fatalities in Mortal Kombat 10 Uh, multiplayer is so great because it's so fast paced Um, even the ranked matches they're so fast paced Uh, even if you lose every single one of them they're so fast you don't even notice, you don't even care especially if you're stoned it is a magnificent way to completely burn an entire night before work um, if, if you're stoned and then there are some technical aspects of the game the game as a fighter holds up better in Mortal Kombat XL 
than any of the iterations that I had played between Mortal Kombat 2 and the present day. I can't tell you the actual names. I've only played two of them, but I don't know. I, I seriously played two of them, but I can't remember which numbers they were. And they were flanked on both sides of each of them by terrible fucking iterations of Mortal Kombat that were just an atrocious embarrassment and a they brought shame to a franchise that whose flat whose like hallmark was we have no shame. That's how bad those games were. Mortal Kombat XL, Mortal Kombat 10, large or whatever the fuck you're supposed to call it restores the franchise to its former glory. Unfortunately, Mortal Kombat 11 still does not run on Linux, at least from reports and testing, reports I've read as of today and testing, wait, no, no, no. And testing that I've done uh, over the last like six months. Now, to the real purpose of this episode. Mortal Kombat's one thing. Being Mad Max and making people works and people spray and cars explode and buildings explode and buildings and cars and people explode is one thing. Chopping up people into human ribbons that's one thing. But really at the center of all of these games there is one factor that unites them all a terrible truth that unites them all. There is a darkness inside of these heroes. A darkness that doesn't just haunt them, but consumes them. We're talking the kind of psychotic obsession that like serial killers and shit have. Type of like, like Ivor over there beating himself off to a frothy early grave. He's gonna resurrect later tonight. The cyanide's coming. He seems to like the cyanide even more since it became a zombie. It's weird. I try not to look at the frothy Ivor Molina beat off cyanide sessions. I had to say that just because I don't think that those words have ever come together in the English language before. We're talking about a darkness that's not just like a... It transcends anger. It transcends hatred. It cannot be directed at any individual person. The person who carries it, the heroes who carry this type of darkness, the real heroes are even aware of it. They're keenly aware of it because they know that it makes them exactly what they hate. They know that it's it's not right to make people spray. They know that it won't bring back the things that they've lost, the things that have been taken from them, the mistakes the regrets they may have, the mistakes they may have made and the regrets 
and the sleepless nights, the endless sleepless nights. The endless sleepless nights where all they know is the darkness of their own agony. Thus, enter the bat. If there had been more time this week, I would have loved to have gotten Jesse on mic reading his magnificent ceremony for Jokimon, which culminated in the bat. What is the Batman? What is a man? A miserable pile of secrets. Mm. The Batman. The Batman goes out into the world doing exactly the opposite of what Nietzsche said. You should be careful going out of the world seeking demons lest one become one themselves. But the Batman has to become the demons. The Batman has to become the creature that isn't just reviled or whispered about, but is literally cold-blooded feared. Fear worse than death, even. You can get shot in the face. You can get turned into people works. Someone can stick a fire stick right in your chest and you can explode and you become this cloud of blood or someone can just use a force grip and like spin their sword and like make you watch your own face in a cachapa. The Batman. Batman's everywhere. I often wonder if the crooks, the criminals, the bad guys, if they wonder about the Batman. In terms of the comic books, like, you know, The Killing Joke, if you guys have ever read that graphic novel, it's great, fantastic. It's a compendium of Joker, my favorite, probably my favorite Batman. Well, I also love Gotham by Gaslight. There's so many good Batman graphic novels, but you never really get to experience... Because the formula for Batman is so simple. Batman can't be seen, can't be detected. He, you know, he's not ever... He's, he always has the element of surprise on his side. Almost always. He almost always is infinitely more equipped than anyone else. But the best thing about the Batman, about being Batman, about Batman himself, is that he is the ultimate detective. Meaning, he has, and this is something that, that I think the Christian Bale movies really brought out really well, and hey, fuck, take back your city, Gotham. I love Bane. I thought the, I thought that the last movie was just spectacular. But the Batman has complete situational awareness. He he has the he has all three of the critical advantages necessary, according to Dick Marchenko, uh, necessary 
for an insurgent force heavily outnumbered to overcome a stronger, more well-armed force with greater numbers. Three things. Speed, surprise, and violence of action. And in the Batman comic books, where you go from frame to frame, you don't really get the sense of what being the Batman must be like, and you also don't get the sense of the abject fucking terror of the hoodlums that he's always beating up and tying up and throwing off of buildings into rivers in the animated series and etc. Because a world in which Batman exists is a dark, fucked up world. And he justifies this he justifies the fact that he's in the mortal words of whatever the fuck the guy who tries to squeeze him in the dark night tries to blackmail him oh you didn't think that we would notice fucking Mr. Bruce Wayne's pet project pancake and cop cars on the I-95 oh you're telling me that you've discovered that the richest most powerful man in the world is the Batman and your plan is to blackmail this man? Um, enter the f- our final two games. Well, actually, no, not our final two games. We have one more after this, but these are the these these are the ones that check off this item on our Linux game list. First of all is Batman Arkham City which was the sequel to Batman Arkham Asylum Batman Arkham Asylum came out I think in 2009 Batman Arkham City which is one of the best games ever came out two years later 2011 and it is the Grand Theft auto version, this is not the one where you can drive the Batmobile, you can't drive the Batmobile, there are no vehicles in the game, but it is completely free roaming absolute fucking detective darkness now don't worry because everything that I have to say about this game also applies to the next game my favorite thing and the most amazing thing about both Batman Arkham Asylum, which was the first game in in this franchise, in terms of like this period of the Batman franchise, and Batman Arkham City, which is the game that we're talking about, is that just like in Spider-Man 2, for the PlayStation 2, I want to say, or maybe it was PlayStation 1, no, it's PlayStation 2, because, and by the way, if you need a the uh, disc image of that to play on PC SX2 or PSX2. I always get I always get the middle initials backwards. Just uh, hit me up on Twitter at VegasWriter V-G-A-S-W-R-I-T-E-R. I'll drop box it for you or send you a link to someplace where you can find it. Um, because that's an amazing game. That was the first game that pioneered really it didn't pioneer it, but it it brought it into full fruition and was the first game to really feature it. The idea of a preternatural sense that, you know, 
your character had that you could follow with a button press that would automatically counter if it, if it could be countered physically like with a punch or dodged automatically while pressing another button to just attack and then you could expand that repertoire out of that so like in Spider-Man 2 it was such a fantastic game no other game really drilled that far down into this combat mechanic so you could have really satisfying two button combat if you were an idiot um, one button to attack and one button to counter or dodge um, incoming attacks which in, in the original in Spider-Man 2 it was like shown as like um, like a yellow halo around an enemy that was close to you in Batman they took in Batman Arkham Asylum they took that to the next level in Arkham City they took it to 17 levels beyond that level what you get apart from all the story aspects of the game and the detective aspects of the game, because you have to use all of Batman's fucking forensic capabilities, all of his stealth capabilities you get to upgrade every aspect of your gear, of your literal physical abilities you get to unlock combos by spending skill it was a great game I spent at least 100 hours, at least 80 hours beating uh, Batman uh, Arkham Asylum which is not the game that we're talking about we're talking about Batman Arkham City which is the sequel to Arkham Asylum came out in 2011 what you get in this game is okay so I'm Batman I'm going to fight seven guys at once now three of them two of them are armored two more of them have fucking like baseball bats or lead pipes or clubs one of them has a taser even, let's say that I'm gonna fight all seven of these guys this is just a normal fucking moment in Arkham City you're just flying around, running around, grappling, hooking around the city and there are these seven guys and well, you can avoid them if you want to but you're Batman and you're not going to avoid them you you get to pick your approach generally sometimes you don't depending on how far into an individual story aspect you are cause some some of the fights are scripted but the best ones are the ones that are not because now you're fighting seven people at once and the animations just from a sheer rigging perspective of the characters and the blend trees of the characters is unlike anything that has ever been done in video games before or since. Except except for the prequel. Oh, by the way, what am I talking about? I mean, we're not just talking about two-button combat at this point, although you can beat the entire game basically with two-button combat, meaning one button to attack, one button to counter, and then you do need the other button, which is the same button as attack, but it, it it's contextual to dodge. It's more or less the game um, in terms of the combat. But you have never ever seen 
combat that is this fluid, this varied, this seamless. I mean, it is truly a marvel to see Batman fight seven guys at once. Every fucking strike, every counter, everything is exactly what would happen in that situation and is an amazing martial arts move. It's so much so that even after, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of hours of seeing this shit and doing this shit over and over again, you are still seeing new shit. And it never gets tiresome because it underscores the one fact that you need to know if you're going to be Batman, if you're going to subsume yourself into this world of darkness, vengeance, and self-righteous, some would say misguided vigilantism, and brutality. As you do these fucking moves, you will be endlessly satisfied because they make you feel like you are the Batman. And as you unlock combos, techniques, and other ways of taking down enemies, of novel ways of taking them down even, some of which don't even really serve a practical purpose in terms of uh, uh, of, uh, serving the exigencies of the stealth reality, especially in Arkham City, that is necessary to survive as the Batman, meaning you have to surveil your targets, you have to figure out what it is you're going to do you have to figure out how not to be seen you also need to know how to escape if you get just fucked up all of that shit it becomes second nature to you and you feel like you are the Batman all of the, all of that stuff is augmented by all of the detective sequences and the multiple chaining, freewheeling free roaming multiple storylines that are in Arkham City because you'll be doing something that's important but then something else will come up and it is equally important and then there are some things that you cannot fuck up I mean well you can fuck them up but you you'll have to wait a long time and I'm not going to spoil anything for you but all of this is rounded out by the detective sequences which are kind of a cross between the detective crime scene investigation sequences from Condemned for the original Xbox 360 and Condemned 2 also for the original uh, that was, yeah, that was for Xbox 362 um it's a cross between those and uh Batman so you get to use the full panoply of tools, techniques gadgetry toys, abilities, etc. that the Batman has. So like, okay, well, um, in Arkham Asylum, for instance, which is not, we're not talking about Arkham Asylum, we're talking about Arkham City here, which is the freewheeling, the, like an entire portion of, of Gotham City has been walled off and deemed Arkham City. So it is a lawless world and you can 
You get trapped there at the beginning of the game. This is spoiler free. You get trapped there at the very beginning of the game and uh, you have your suit dropped into you by a special delivery and then it's just you trying to solve this fucking crime. And one crime leads to another. It all spirals very rapidly out of control and eventually you get to the point where you can almost fly across you know, tens of percentages of the map, just by gliding and grappling hooking and just constantly, ah, and you are the Batman. Um, it is one of my favorite games that I have long waited to play on Linux. Well, Batman Arkham City Game of the Year Edition right now through November 11th is 75% off and trust me it runs on Linux it runs fantastically on Linux it is 75% off at $4.99 you do need to go to the ProtonDB page for Batman Arkham City and there's a complex uh, uh, launch parameter that you need to put into the game and then you also need to uh, tweak the settings just in case they are just in case they default to the ones that break the game but the game runs in 1080 you know, uh, 1920 by 1080 in a windowed fucking thing full fucking resolution 60 fucking rock solid frames per second fantastic sound unbelievable story um and incredible action. And you can see me live streaming that game and our next game for the rest of the weekend. But before you see that, you should go pick it up. $4.99 for Batman Arkham City is ridiculous. Then, as if that were not enough, this confused the fuck out of me today. Because I bought last night when I was drunk and stoned Batman Arkham Origins Origins, not oranges Origins this is the prequel to Batman Arkham Asylum so it's the prequel to the game before Arkham City Arkham Origins, I think, is one of the most recent. There's another game in between, the one that I mentioned about Warner Brothers fucking it up, the one where you can drive the Batmobile and shit. That game is... I can't remember the name of that game in all honesty, because I didn't write it down, because I didn't want to confuse myself, because all of these are called Batman Arkham something, which is a terrible way to fucking go about your franchise, by the way. Why not call it Batman Curse of the Darkness, or... Batman uh, before Arkham City <laughs> anything other than having Arkham being the first fucking word after Batman there are like 7 games they've made over the last like 7 years or no uh, 10 years that have Batman colon Arkham as the first two words it gets confusing so I bought Batman Arkham Origins which I thought was Batman Arkham Asylum. I was very excited to finally replay that that old game again. 
but Batman looks all different, and the whole fucking first 20 minutes of the game did not make it did not ring any bells for me in terms of my recollection of Batman uh Arkham Asylum. Um and then I'm fighting Croc on top of this fucking building, and the graphics are phenomenal. The gra- I mean, the graphics are just out of control phenomenal. Um, in both in Arkham City and Arkham Origins, but it's really the um, it, both games look fantastic. That's bottom line. But in Arkham Origins, you have this whole different Batman costume. It's like this hyper armored, weird gray Batman. Co- I'm like, I don't remember this at all, and I remember, I don't really remember the beginning of Arkham Asylum, but this is. This is no, this is not it. And I am kicking ass like you would not believe. I mean, <laughs> so great. So great. And so then I went and did a little bit of research because Ivor is too busy working his frothy orgasm stick over there. Yeah, Ivor, yeah. Should be proud. He the the cyanide gas is starting to hit him now. He's going a little limp. I wish I did not have to see this. Especially because I'm not live streaming it. I mean, it's all content, Ivor. I mean, you know, you got lots of subscribers on Pornhub. Like, he's got dude, He, everyone loves Ivor's Pornhub live streams. But anyway, you frothy little cam girl. Um, yeah. That was a whole disturbing aspect, but nowhere near as disturbing as the Batman himself. So I, I did some research, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this is this is a prequel. It runs great on Linux. Batman: Arkham Origins right now through November 11th is 75 percent off at four dollars and ninety nine cents. I haven't played that game other than the first 20 minutes that I played this morning um, while doing." hardcore research for you gentle listeners, I do it all for you um but that's a whole new fucking game both games run great on Linux Arkham Origins in fact ran out of the box without me having to do any tweaks but if you run into problems, go to ProtonDB and this is a tried and true technique now that ProtonDB is coming to full, I mean it's really reached full fruition, and I, I'm sorry to the person who, in, I can't remember who, who said this in Discord, but this was this week like ProtonDB now wants your Steam ID and I don't even think that they do, although I haven't submitted um, a new report since uh, this guy said that in the Discord, and I was like, and he's like, I'm never contributing to ProtonDB again. And I replied to him immediately in the main thread, because everyone needs to know this. It was something like, wow, that is an incredibly short-sighted and basically ridiculous perspective to take on one of the most beneficial websites for all Linux gaming that has ever existed, ever. Oh, you're so intent on not having like for me it'd be Skooky Sprite you're so intent on not having the word Skooky Sprite associated with a report that you post to ProtonDB.com that you are you will you will forego I mean ProtonDB only works because we participate in it um 
And it works fantastically. And by the way, I seriously doubt that the entire world is clamoring to fucking break into and fucking dox you or fucking completely Google fuck you uh, via the threat the, the threat vector of oh wait, he posted to protondb.com under his Steam username. Now we'll know his Steam username and we'll even know what distribution of Linux he's using. That is even by my, and by the way, I don't judge. I don't judge. Everyone makes their own decisions and I understand that some people have greater or lesser privacy concerns and especially context depending like in terms of the service, you know, the information that they're willing to share, but Jesus Christ, all the fucking things that you're gonna fucking, I hate you! It's gonna be ProtonDB? That's where you want your fucking war to end? Hey, do you have a phone? Because, trust me, the privacy concerns that are, that are, I guarantee you, it doesn't matter if it's Android or what, unless you're fucking Bruce Schneier, or fucking Krebs, or um, Alan Jude, or you know, blah. Unless you're one of those fucking maniacs, I guarantee you the threat vector is on your phone and not on your posting fucking Proton DB performance reviews of your favorite game. And since that whole thing started on the Discord which I never got a reply from him I'm sure that like just like everybody else they freak out and they're like fuck you I hate you I'm never talking to you again fine go fuck yourself that's what I had to say to that I mean if you can't have a rational discussion about things rationally then fuck man I can barely have a discussion at all even with myself so if you can't have a rational discussion about this thing absolutely fucking get the fuck out of here I don't we don't need to talk to you or hear any more from you ever again um, especially if that's how you're going to react to like, and it was just straight up that's exactly what I said, I was like it, what a ridiculous and short-sighted fucking decision that is and you're hurting the community and I, you know I understand everyone has their own you know, there's the privacy triangle you know, security, ease of use and then um, maintainability but Jesus Christ, that is ex- and I, I'm pretty extreme with my with my own privacy concerns and I understand zealously guarding them but fuck can't stand for a website to know your Steam ID so you can help countless other Linux users know whether or not this game actually runs that is that's ridiculous and short sighted and also very selfish and bad for everybody but anyway finally and we're only 15 minutes too long so we'll go we'll be out of here by 1 hour and 20 minutes so an 80 minute episode finally in our deal section in terms of the heart of darkness that's that's what we should call this the heart of darkness but we're going to call it deals of the bat because Arkham City and Arkham Origins now run on Linux and beyond that they are on fucking unbelievable sale five bucks a pop so that that brings us to our final our final game, this was the game uh, on that list, it was 227 hours 140 hours 11 hours that was Mortal Kombat 
uh, XL. Um, Batman Arkham City, 80 hours, because I only uh, beat Arkham City. I got to the very end of Arkham City, the very, very end of it. Um, and that was only on Xbox 360, because it never ran on Linux, even though like you could ostensibly get it through Steam. It never ran on Linux. Now it runs on Linux. L- little tweaking is required, but it's nothing that my mom could follow the instructions on ProtonDB. That was the whole point about yelling at I can't even remember who the fuck said it. I feel bad because I don't want to single them out or name check them, but I can't even name check them, and I would name check them just for the purpose of ac- accuracy so that other people would know who I was talking about, especially the person who I'm talking about would know that I'm talking about them. Because this is a more fulsome explanation, but they just fucking disappeared, and they were like a long time fucking friend of mine on the Discord channel, which all of you should join, by the way, um, regardless of whether or not you like anything I have to say. Uh, Discord channel is a lot of fun. Oh, wait, it's not, because every fucking week, it seems I alienate somebody else who just fucking flips out. Sometimes it's my fault, but this time it was not my fault. It's like, man, you're insane, and you're hurting everybody with this insanity. So you have to call that out you know, because it's important, because it hurts everybody, but our last game is another all-time classic since we started doing the podcast. It is Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor. Not the most recent Middle-Earth Shadows of War, or whatever the fuck the sequel to this game was called. Middle-Earth Shadows of Mordor. One of in fact, I wish I, I could talk to Jeff Jeffy Wise, friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise, who's a huge Miller Shadows of Mordor fan, but even more importantly, he's a bigger fan of Tolkien than anyone else that I really know in human life. I think I am not talking out of school when I put these words into Jeff Jeffy Wise's mouth and say that Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, Shadows of Mordor is the best game ever made set in the Middle Earth universe. Um, and it is one of the, I hate The Hobbit. I hate, I hate The Lord of the Rings. I read the book. I was really young. I was like, maybe, I read that book and Dune in like the same year. So I was like, it was like between 11 and 12 or maybe 12 and 13 I hated the Lord of the Rings and I also hated Dune I really liked a lot of Dune but it was so long and it just like eventually got, it hit a point where it was like not only has what have what you've experienced been so long the rest of all of this is seven times as long it's like an experiment in so long but um the Lord of the Rings I particularly didn't like because of all the Hobbit singing and it 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 was many many hundreds of pages of stuff that like could have been like cut out from the book but I know I know and I, I respect anyone who loves Lord of the Rings and Tolkien and etc for whatever reason be it the use of language or um the fantastically detailed um, universe that he created 
with all of these compelling characters and motivations and interesting powers and scary enemies and terrifying uh, situations and villains and heroic excitement and stuff but I fucking hate magic I hate dragons I don't like Mithril the spider is my favorite fucking character in Lord of the Rings and I think it should have fucking killed him I think it should have killed him just saying I also like um, Strider and actually I like basically every character in Lord. I, I like Gandalf too I like them all but anyway the best game ever made set in the Lord of the Rings universe is Middle Earth Shadows of Mordor this game came out a long time ago now like we're talking like it was maybe the second year of this podcast so like four years ago I want to say Ivor and his frothy limp dick fucking Pornhub fucking live stream cyanide ghoulish snuff film fiesta over there in the booth was supposed to do the research on this but he didn't and neither did I now I don't know if I can ever play Lord of the Rings thinking about that sentence that just came out of my mouth oh boy that was some darkness um it looks fantastic still and it is one of the greatest open world fucking hack and slash games ever made with one of the best stories in fact I would say that Middle Earth Shadows of Mordor the story of that game is on par with any part of the actual Lord of the Rings trilogy Um, in terms of how fucking awesome and epic it is in one sense it's a prequel I'm not gonna, I can't talk about the story of that game though I spent 140 hours in it Jeff Jeffy Wise has spent a lot more than that it is a fun game to beat it is a fun game to try to reach maximum completion in which it, I'm so far I'm like only a 40% in terms of achievement gets in that game um, and I've spent a lot of time in that game it has one of the most unique systems for in terms of like okay so you have an open world it solves one of the most pernicious problems of the quote unquote sandbox quote unquote open world video game paradigm which is how to maintain the illusion of free will in a world that is enormous still limited via the exigencies and realities of geography it's not procedurally generated but the enemies and stuff are procedurally generated so the biggest problem is how do you maintain a story a storyline, like a narrative a through line for the main character while still having this completely freewheeling open world their answer which was fucking unique and is still unique there's, I, there's no other game that's ever done this that I'm aware of anyone thinks of one off the top of their head feel free to open up your Twitter machine and hit me up via direct message at VegasWriter V-E-G-A-S-W-R-I-T-E-R the way they solve this yes there are some fetch questy elements but they're not fetch quests in this game because you answered to no one I'm not going to tell you who you are or what you are because you have to discover that on your on your own fucking time it is amazing. How how do we answer the the first of all? Okay, 
before we get to the other thing, how do we answer the problem of how do you always get to live again if you die? Grand Theft Auto, they, you know, you either come out of the police station or come out of the hospital. In this game, it's an entirely unique thing. Okay, fine, we solved that problem. Because that's a big problem. Like, that's an existential dilemma. In terms of, like, you know, illusion of free will, not breaking the fucking limits of your ability to uh, suspend disbelief in the fact that you're playing a video game. So when you hit that sweet spot where you don't have to suspend disbelief, where you just really believe in the game, that's when a game is fantastic. Middle Earth Shadows of Mordor is that kind of fantastic game. And their unique solution to how do you provide structure? How do you provide continuous challenge? Is this unique idea of having a hierarchical ever generating hierarchy. It's a higher yeah, it's a hierarchy. It's not hierarchical, it's a hierarchy of generals. So they're like okay, so at the top of a tree, there's like a general. There are like three generals at any given time. I'm making this up, but this is like a good good description of basically what the game is like. You have certain objectives that you need to accomplish. Certain generals know things that you need to know to accomplish those objectives. I think you start off with like one general. Now, underneath that general are two lieutenants, maybe three lieutenants. Underneath those lieutenants, each one has like three to five underlings or something like that or at least one or two all of these underlings have different personalities they have different places that they like to be they have different special abilities they have different proclivities in terms of attacking they have different retinues they have different strengths they have different um, aspects of being demoralized if you've like attacked them and killed if you've, if you've, if, if you've conquered them before or if you've severely damaged their retinues all of this shit and you need to get intelligence on every one of them to defeat them more or less and you do that by defeating other guys that you can defeat and you work your way up the chain until you and it feels until you're finally at the gen you know one of the generals that you need and the generals are like this takes 20 hours like I think the first time you do this it took it took me like I think around 20 hours meanwhile you're doing all of these side quests and shit that are not fetch quests that it's like a big fucking freewheeling adventure and it makes you feel like a combination of Strider Gandalf and um that one fucking guy the elf with the bow uh god what's his name can't remember. Doesn't matter. He was lame. They're all lame. It's fucking Lord of the Rings Hobbit bullshit. Fuck it all. No. You, even if I hate Lord of the Rings, this game got me so into it, so hardcore, so fast. It is a carnage festival of massive exploration, brutal chaining of combos, fantastic um, grappling, hooking, running around, ninja, Jedi, fucking awesomeness. 
and yet it is still in set in the Lord of the Rings universe and I, it had me from hello and it is so good well Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor is 50% off now through November 11th at $9.99 and with that I will see you next week or on Twitch immediately because I'm going to fucking show the world I'm going to show the world some of my darkness some of the darkness inside of me some of the darkness that doesn't cry out but seeps out like a shadow seeps out and grabs you by the throat and throws you through a fucking wall you know why because I am the Batman oh god just for purposes of clarity the two games that do run on Linux that I know for a fact run on Linux and that are on massive sale in the Batman franchise are Batman Arkham Origins which is the prequel to the two games before Batman Arkham City Batman Arkham City if you haven't played it you have to play it Uh, Batman Arkham Asylum which is the first game in the franchise I think I think there were reports that say that it does run on Linux but I don't have a license for it and I haven't tested it but the other two they do work and trust me Batman Arkham City when you first booted up hit me up on Twitter at VegasWriter just with a direct message and say Skooky I am the Batman cheers thanks for listening catch you next week look what you've done four or five times a good idea four or five times hi there there is delight in doing things right four or five times it is I E.B. Farm. maybe I'll cry I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy oh, four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy four or five times. Matt Damien. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. 
Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.